Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13 to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. Welcome, guys, once again to Live and in Color with Wolfie D. You're back. Oh, my God, you're back. I'm back. I'm back, man. I had to do some conventions and stuff, man. And God, I can't travel like I used to, bro. Yeah. How was it, though? How well, I mean, It was great, with the exception that Jamie's a fucking idiot. But um, yeah, show up and has these weird excuses and, you know, whatever, man. I, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that, man. I'm, I'm right. not, not happy with him, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's going on in his head, but uh, well, I made money and uh, had fun, and uh, yeah, my my stepson had a had a blast. Uh, probably one of the, to me, the best picture from the show. Excuse me, I'm hiccuping. Ugh, I just ate two whoppers, uh, but he had two of the best pictures. Uh, him running from the demon in the yeah, the that was hallway. great. That was great. Great picture, probably one of the best pictures from the weekend. But now that's yeah. your favorite gimmick, basically. How was meeting Torborg? Ah, very cool, man. What a nice guy. What a nice yeah. guy. And then I met the um, the uh, founder of the Kiss Army, and I will just go ahead and say it to everybody. I think we are going to have the Demon and the founder of the Kiss Army on real soon. So man. that'll be kind of like a little crossover gimmick we can do there. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Uh, a few other people I talk to, we might have on. I'm not gonna expose my shit yet. K fame, brother. K fame. K fame a little bit. Kizzy, fizzy. But man, how cool is is what we got coming, man? How Speaking cool is this? of crossover, yeah. Come on, tell them about it, Wolfie. Man, I you know we were gonna do because George was accepted so well on our uh, the first go around. You know we were gonna get him on for part two, and uh, he called me. I forget what was that a couple days ago, something like that. Yeah, and, uh, he's like, "Hey, would it be okay if uh, <laughs> if we get Ronnie Garvin on with me?" Yeah, is that cool <laughs> with y'all? It's like it's okay. <laughs> What? Oh, <laughs> yes. Please make this happen. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah today we've got George Weingroff. And this is the first time we've done like a two person thing. Right. We got Ronnie Garvin, man with the hands of stone, parts of my childhood. George Weingroff, the, one of the guys that helped shape me uh, as a wrestler when I got in it. And yeah, this is going to be awesome. Yeah. And these motherfuckers got stories, dude. Stories. And they can make you listen to them by shooting on you because they're shooters. Yeah. Tough guys. (laughs) Exactly. Oh man. I just remember so much about Ronnie Garvin as a kid. I mean, I had him on the mellow yellow can. I mean, this dude, (laughs) he meant a lot to us. I even was talking to my brother and I got to tell him about this. I was talking to my brother the other night. I remember that I did not like sting because I thought sting stole his crew cut, you know? So, (laughs) But anyway, yeah, I would definitely tell him that. But, you know, I got to thank you for this because, you know, George and then thank George for this because George hooked us up with Ronnie. And then, of course, George being George, you know, George, I just we just need to figure out how to make George just a revolving guest. You know, just come on (laughs) anytime you want, George, anytime you want. He's He's such a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. 
stories. Well, you know, you want to let's see if we can get them on here. You want to do that? I think we should do that. Yes. Uh, All right. We'll be right back after these messages. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey, folks, to get your official Live It In Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Live Wolfie D. Check it out. If you're listening to Live It In Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcasts and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. All right, guys, we're back, and we are so excited, and I just can't hide it. Uh, We have got the man with the hands of stone, Ronnie Garvin, and George Weingroff. This is the first time we've ever done anything like this where we have two great awesome wrestlers on the show at the same time and these guys got history uh i've got some history with george and i'm so honored to have ronnie garvin on my show thank you ronnie thank you george you're very welcome listen the first thing i want to talk about i was i was watching uh some of your shoot interviews ronnie and one of the funniest things to me was that, <laughs> and I'll tell you a little story about this, was you were talking about, you know, back in the day, we, we couldn't bring our wives because, you know, the girls or whatever and stuff like that. And I actually had, when we were working in Memphis, I had Randy Hales write a memo to give out to the, because this was in the 90s and that kind of stuff was kind of going away. And uh, uh-huh. I had him write a memo to all the boys, and they had to go take it to their wives because <laughs> I didn't want my girlfriend coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we didn't have cell phones, and we didn't want the girls coming. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about that, Ronnie, please. Uh, the, you know, the good old days. I mean, you know, we'll never see him again. No, no. We can only dream of them. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I go back to the 60s, 70s, and 80s at the drop of a hat. Yeah. <laughs> I think life was better. Wrestling was better. Uh, we didn't have all uh, these people lying. And uh, lying was uh, was almost a sin. Yeah, of course. I remember if if you were one of the boys and, and you were known as a liar, they shone. You know, they, yeah. they laugh at your ass. Yeah. Because yeah. Oh, I, I, I knew a few, you know. Yeah. Couldn't get a word of truth out of them. Yeah. Hey, I want to ask you about something else, Ronnie. Because uh, like, there, there's there's four guys that made me want to be a wrestler: Hawk, Animal, Kurt Henning, and Randy Savage. And I know you know all these. And I want to know yep. how you put the sugar on my boy Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I love the guy to death. Him and I, we we went out, uh, you know. 
clubbing a few times, which I didn't do very much. But, uh, you know, I always had a good time with him. Uh, Animal, I didn't know him as well. As well. Yeah. Uh, good guy. I liked him. I mean, I, but Hawk just didn't know how to wrestle. He, yeah. he, was a brute. he was a brute. If you got him down, you could sugar him. <laughs> you know, and that's what happened. You know? and, uh, what was uh, the? What was? I mean, I'd love to have him on my side. On my, on my side. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, did nice this? Guy. I because I really don't know the story. Did this happen in the ring, or was this a locker room thing? No, in the dressing room, and it was in front of a lot of guys. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, I didn't keep him very long. Turn him loose. I didn't want him to be embarrassed, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I worked with him when he first yeah. came to Atlanta. Yeah. He booked uh, me and, uh, uh, what was his name? We we beat him for the belts or something. Uh-huh. I can't remember exactly what. That was in Georgia. That was in Columbus, Georgia. Wow. Uh, what was his name? Yeah. I can't remember now. Anyway, and, uh, you know, I let him through all, you know, and he, he, he was good, you know, he he just did everything I told him, you know, I said, grab my damn hair, I said, bang my head in the corner, you know, <laughs> and do this, do that, I'd have to grab his head to make him do stuff, people never knew, you know, I put myself in a headlock, which is easy to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People didn't see through it, they yeah. looked good, those guys looked built like, you know. And they they look they looked the part. Oh yeah, absolutely. They looked the part, man. They I loved it, man. It was like uh, like I was a huge Kiss fan as a kid, and like uh-huh. that's what I loved about the Road Warriors because I loved Kiss and I loved wrestling, and it was like those two things merged. It was like really cool to me. <laughs> hey George, let me ask you this, man. You got to tell this story, man. Uh, Jimmy and he he'll chime in here in a minute because he watched it. I didn't watch it. He he was telling me a story about you and Bill Irwin. Uh, I guess you were kind of playing around with him, shooting a little bit, blah blah blah. And he rolls out the ring and he says, "This son of a bitch is not blind." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just I, I just gave him a little amateur wrestling lesson, but Bill 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 was a good guy, and I liked working with him. Yeah, <laughs> this guy ain't blind. <laughs> Is that what he said? That's what he yeah. said. <laughs> That's hilarious. Hey, Ronnie, the man with the hands of stone, right? We all know you you threw a great punch, man. I mean, that was your thing. Me and Jimmy have a show where we do top ten, and. Uh, do you think Lawler has the best punch? Lawler? Yeah. I don't think I ever seen one of his matches. Wow. Okay. <laughs> no. Shit. Man, I, I don't think I ever seen a match of Lawler. Really? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I guess Ronnie Stone Hart- keeps the title today. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Jimmy. <laughs> no, that, that's great. I mean, so I'll tell you this. I was talking to my brother last night, and we grew up in, in the mid-Atlantic Crockett era. Now, I, I, I've come to find out much later that before I was actually born, you were much closer to me several times. Sadly enough, I wasn't born early enough. But being that you came in and and you you were in Crockett, mid-Atlantic, of course, and I'm, I'm going to kind of jump all over the place, so I'll I'll go back to ICW here in a bit, but I want you to know that you caused me to hate Sting. Here's the deal. You're the hands of stone, tough, badass man. 
blonde crew cut spiked hairdo it, it was it was perfect and then sting comes in and it looks like he rips off your haircut we hated sting forever because of you because we thought you were the <laughs> he bad rips off his haircut yeah yeah but <laughs> i always thought if you're copied it's a compliment right it is and it's true now now that i've grown into an adult <laughs> the only problem is i guarantee he couldn't copy my matches absolutely couldn't do that come on that was important to me yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not so much, you know. Right. Yeah. So you started. Now I'm looking back here, and you took the Garvin name when you tagged with Terry, and this goes back all. You know, you were in the '60s. You were as your own name, but then you tagged with Terry. What What came up that it was like, hey, you should be a Garvin, and and we'll be a tag team. How did that work out, Ronnie? Uh, well, we did it ourselves. We never let promoters. I did that. I let I let Tony Santos call me. Uh, Golden Boy Richard. Yeah. I was in Boston for eight months, uh, starving. Uh, you know, and uh, when I left there, uh, I swear I'd never let another promoter, you know, tell me what I'm going to do or what I'm going to do. Right. You know, go get you a clown somewhere. Yeah. You want to yeah. do that. Uh, right. No, Terry and I, Terry was raised <laughs> about a mile and a half, two miles from where I'm from. In gotcha. Montreal, yeah. And Pat Patterson. I used to go out with his sister. He went to just high school. He was older than me, about yeah. three, four years, four years, I think. Yeah. And uh, I knew all those people. Yeah. Uh, Chin Lee, uh, all these guys, the wrestlers around Montreal. And Terry and I decided, yeah, I'll take the name. Terry had been to England. Okay. He did real okay. well in England. And uh, so we went south. Of course, when we went south, man, I'll tell you, it was hard to come back north. Well, I bet. I bet. South, yeah. In the South for the, almost the rest of my life. I'm still almost in the South. Yeah. West Virginia is uh, on the line, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's the Mason Dixon. Yeah, right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm from Hoot's hometown, so I know where you're talking about exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I took the name Garvin and we went down South. Uh, no, I'm, I'm ahead of myself. What happened is Terry had wrestled for Larry Kazabowski. Okay. Promoter in uh, North Bay, Ontario. Yeah. He was uh, living in Renfrew, and him and his brother was a wrestler also. And uh, have you ever heard Larry Kazabowski? I've heard the name before. I, I, uh, yeah. He promoted all the Norton, uh, Ontario. Okay. You know, Sault Ste. Marie and North Bay and all of those towns. And there was a hell of a territory. At one time, the Vachons were there. He had some of the best talent. Yeah. He was a little bit like the guy in Calgary. What was his name, the promoter there? Stu Hart. Yeah, Stu Hart. You know, same school, you know, same kind of thought. And, and all yeah. the guys. Yeah. And uh, the only thing is he didn't have a dungeon. And <laughs> <laughs> so Terry says, uh, I was still green a little, you know. Yeah. And I've been to Boston, say, say six, eight months, something like that. So anyway, that, that's where we went. We went to uh, to uh, North Bay, and uh, we did real well. And we brought in Chin Lee because we, you know he was good friends with Terry and I, and uh, we had a good crew. Yeah. So this was 1965. Yeah. And uh, it was a, a, a summer territory. It was the first of May till the end of October. Okay. Because they couldn't get to hockey arena. Oh. As soon as the hockey came in, I mean, it was over. Yeah. So, and there was not too many armories or anything like that up there. So it was, you just ran it in the summer. Yeah. So the 
when it got October, Larry says, man, he says, well, we did real well. You know, we had pretty good guys, and a couple of locos, and uh, so he asked us to come back, and we did. We did that for five years. We spent yeah. summers in Fort Bay all the way to 69. Yeah. In the meantime, we went, to, we went south in the wintertime. Mm. North Man. Carolina, yeah. Florida, yeah. Alabama, and we recruited some, some of the boys. Yeah. And, you know, we brought uh, what a few guys, Frankie Kane, guys like that. We, was a good, and we did that five years. And that's how I got the name. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I think it's 74 when we split. Gotcha. I, 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 I was not much. I, didn't I, was, much a, I was one year old. <laughs> I was one year old in 1974. I didn't see much of a future in tag team. I like, right? you know, everything depends on me and my career. Yeah, I'm yeah. I want to make money or not, you know. Right. Henry was a a worker. I didn't take nothing off. He was a good worker. He could get some heat. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, with the blonde hair back in those days, you might as well have a name, Stu, you know. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> How do you do? Back in the sixties and with blonde hair and <laughs> yeah, and we're made already. They yeah, you like hair for six months yeah. at least. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about something real quick, man, if we can. And I know that George. I mean, we got both you guys, tough guys. And I know what's happened to me a couple of times, and I think people like to hear stuff like this because it doesn't happen that much anymore. Uh, but when the marks get so involved that they hit the ring, uh, uh-huh. the first time it ever happened to me, uh, I was working nightmare, Danny Davis, Jamie was on the floor and ja- and there was, it was Blyville, Arkansas. And, uh, there was no security, no police, no nothing. And Jamie with his mouth, he says to some guy, Hey, if that was my ugly old lady, I wouldn't bring her out in public. So the guy stands up and he comes to the ring. And, you know, I don't, you guys probably know this. The Marks don't really know how to get in the ring. And he got in oh. like Terry Funk style Harley Race uh, <laughs> slingshot punch thing. <laughs> like his, his, you know what I mean? And so I just yeah. grabbed him. Boom. I hit him, hit him, hit him. All of a sudden, we turn around, and I swear to God, this little old man, he couldn't have been taller than five foot. He had to be 85 years old. He's just standing there in the middle of the ring looking at us. <laughs> I, didn't, <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know what to do. I, I felt bad. I'm 18 years old, and I just the toughest thing I could think to say was, you better get out of the ring. <laughs> Jamie grabs him by the shirt collar, throws him down, and starts working, stomping him. Working, stomping. <laughs> but he's 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 eighty five years old, so I'm sure it hurt. You know what I mean? And then somebody else jumped in, and Frank Morell was the referee. You know, his big ass grabs the guy and holds him in the corner. I hit him, boom, and uh, then we, me and Danny, somehow turned it back into a match. I don't know how we did it, but we finished it. But I, I'd love to hear you two guys talk about anything like that that ever happened. Well, I had a way of uh, not making it last very long. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, but today you can't do that. Right. People are wearing jeans. What you would do is the guys used to slide under the bottom rope, most of those guys. Yeah. They came out from the ringside. They'd slide under the rope, so they're on their belly. Yeah. And you, as soon as they get up, you go behind them, 
and you grab the pockets of those pants and rip them right off of them. Right. Oh, in the sixties, people didn't wear a whole lot of jeans. I don't remember that. Right. Yeah. And was ripping their pants off when they got in in the ring and in their underwear. I realized my pants are ripped right off. Of me. <laughs> yeah. I I've seen the Von Brauners do that a number of times. And then stop turning it into a riot. People laugh. You know? Yeah, I would well, imagine. avoid a riot, and uh, but and today it would work if there were, you know, suit pants, because you wouldn't get a lawsuit. You know, you'd right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. A lawsuit rather than a laugh is never good, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie, uh, George told me to ask you about this. You and Pez and George all live together. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, we had a blast. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that was the best time. <laughs> uh, I, when I was living at the lake on my on my cabin cruiser. And yeah. When winter time comes, I was going to get me an apartment and. There's a George says, all right, come live with us. Said, yeah. Okay. Oh, we had a great time. <laughs> Good times. What a guy Piz was. He was yeah. always smiling. That was another one that I got to work with. I think George booked me against him in Beaverdam, but uh, got to work Pez when I was like, man. I, I, I was so lucky, man, to get to work with people like George, uh, Gypsy Joe uh, trained me, uh, just all the guys that I got to work with so early on. And then like one of my biggest pushes in Memphis was when they put the Rock and Roll Express in there with uh, me and Jamie. Talk about the Rock and Roll Express, Ronnie. Oh, I love them guys. Yeah. <laughs> they were flying with me all over the country. Yeah. They were always moving. And uh, I flew everywhere I went. Yeah. I parked the car. Back in 72, I bought an airplane and parked the car. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. <laughs> and, uh, oh, they were the funny. They were tremendous workers. I yeah. Mean, guys were like rock stars. I was oh, in yeah. Charlotte, North Carolina, in the dressing room, and I hear this concussion. And all the boys, we heard this big concussion. All of a sudden, the door slammed open, and there's a couple of policemen there, and they're dragging the, the Rock and Roll Express, almost dragging them in the dressing room. They, they had ripped their clothes off of them almost. <laughs> I don't know which one of the Rock and Roll His ear was bleeding because they had hearing aids, you know, uh, pierced, ear pierced. Yeah. And they ripped that right off. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> They've been like they like they've been in a wrestling match. <laughs> so after that, they gave some protection. They had a guy or two uh, taking them to the ring and, and waiting for them in the in the parking lot to go into the wrestling uh, to the matches. Yeah, God, they attacked them outside. <laughs> the girls. Yeah. Jeez. Well, okay. Speaking of girls, George, tell the Kerry Von Eric Thibodeau, Louisiana story. Yeah, real real quickly, uh, I was buddies with Carrie, and we go to uh, Thibodeau. So um, Carrie was just unbelievably over, and he was on one of the early matches, and so was I. So we start walking out of the dress. It's a sellout crowd in, in Thibodeau, Louisiana. I'm, I'm ahead of him, and he's right behind me. And then all of a sudden, the girls attack him, and I'm hearing help. And so, uh, I help. He get. We get him back to the dressing. We're only about ten feet out of the dressing room. His shirt was ripped off. His pants were pulled down. They had his belt. Everything. It was like um, a swarm of ants on a meatball. I mean, it was. It was scary. It was. I never seen anybody over like it. It was scary. 
That is funny. Wow. You, you, you'd think that would be uh, really cool to be over like that, but that was too much. Yeah, that's too much for sure. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we, we can't not talk about uh, the Garvin Stomp, man. And yeah. Ronnie, I saw an uh, interview you did, and, and you were talking about uh, we always kind of uh, – recycle stuff in the wrestling business and how you you got it off of i think you said it was i, I can't remember the stomper or somebody but you said they would do the head and the arm and the chest and then you took it all around the body so you just reinvented yeah. it and, and and that's one of the do you know what uh do you guys know what tennessee tippy toe is i know george does uh, ronnie you know what that is what is it tennessee tippy toe Shoot your part. You you tag your partner. Shoot him off. Everybody drops down. Everybody drops down again. And then the two heels run into each other. It's an old oh. spot. Old spot. And yeah. uh, me and Jamie brought it back. Me and Jamie brought it back in the '90s, and it was new again. So, yeah, I were when when you said that about how you made the guard. I, I bet it was Malenko. Was it Malenko, Ronnie? Yeah, yeah. I worked a lot with Malenko and. Uh, but he only did it, he stayed in place and stop your chest, maybe in the head and then on the shoulder and, yeah. you know, two or three times. And, and you know. But I, I decided, you know, hell. Uh, Let's go the world around. Go all the way around, you know. Yeah. Both legs and eyes and stomach and the head. <laughs> and nose was in the way. Pumped <laughs> the hands, it was yeah. great. Well, I yeah, thought I about it, it later on. You know what I should have called him? The tenderizer. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Tenderize the meat before you. <laughs> yeah. That is amazing. Hey, Jimmy, you want to play some uh, name game, these guys? I mean, obviously, yeah. We would love. Yeah. I would love to do that. I like to. I mean, just and I want both of you to answer. I really do because I've got a little list here of people that that we know, man. Now it's time to play the name. First one is going to be Gypsy Joe. Gypsy Joe. You you never really ran into him, did you, Ronnie? No, no, no. No. Uh, if I did, it may be one time, once. Yeah. I never was George. There. Yeah, I, I only wrestled him one time, and um, the really? boys all. Ca- yeah, the boys all came out to see it, and um, he he treated me with kid gloves, and they were all disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he did. Uh, yeah. Ask Ronnie about the rib on Ole Anderson. Okay, oh, I need to hear this one. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so Ole Anderson. This is uh, my uh, number one rib I ever pulled in all my entire life. Okay. And I didn't mean to. I didn't mean it as a rib at first. <laughs> I and Ole always got along. I love to work with him, and he worked with me. And we had a contest, head butts one night in the ring, and then. <laughs> Shoot headbutts. And we'd done it like four or five times. I'd headbutt him and he'd headbutt me. And I mean hard. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you'd see stars. And uh, <laughs> for some reason, we quit without saying a word. He quit, I quit. <laughs> well, 20 years later, he said to me, he says, I still remember that. <laughs> I was 70 and you, I was about 235. And he says, Man, I couldn't knock you out. 
I said, well, I couldn't either. <laughs> anyway, later on, we, we, I was his partner in 1971, I believe, in Tampa, on and off to partner, not, not a regular tag team. Yeah. And, but we did a lot of tags, probably a couple of weeks, a couple every week, you know, we were booked. And so we rode together. Yeah. And one night I'm coming out of Miami, and Ole didn't drink. I drank a few beers now and then. And uh, he didn't smoke. I didn't smoke either. So anyway, uh, we're talking, and I don't know why I said what I said. I said, Ole, I says, there's a queer in the territory. <laughs> well, back then, you know, that was a queer. We didn't say gay, you know. Yeah. Right. A queer is a queer. Gay right. means happy to me. Right. And uh, <laughs> well, I didn't know there was a guy uh, that was happy in the territory. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> right, wait, wait. we're driving, and... Uh, he said, who is it? And I said, oh, well, you'll figure it out. And so I'm driving, and four or five minutes later, he said, who is it? <laughs> and I said, what the hell? Are you? I said, only oh, you're going to figure it out, man. There's only about 40, 45 guys in the territory, you know, and uh, I'm not going to tell you. But damn it, he says, tell me. So anyway, a few minutes. This went on for 250 miles all the way to the <laughs> where we lived. He lived in an apartment complex, and he went through all the names. Did he say so-and-so? No. <laughs> Damn it. Just 10 minutes later, so-and-so, he went. <laughs> I said to myself, what the hell am I going to do with this? You know, <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't intend to pull a rib. And so I pull into the apartment. And before he gets out the car, he looks at me, and he says, Damn it, are you going to tell me who it is? I said, only sleep on it. You'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> and I the door. He, I popped the trunk open, and this is 2 o'clock in the morning now. He's married, he's been there for about a year in those apartments. He's got little blonde kids and a wife, and, you know, he's on TV every week. And uh, so he goes, gets his bag out of the trunk. He walks up to my window, and he says, Damn it, are you going to tell me? I said, Ole, sleep on it. You'll figure it out. Good night. So he says, Have you? So, <laughs> laughing. Well, he's walking towards his, his apartment, and it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and it's like in the middle. It's very echoed there. <laughs> well, he puts his key in the door. I just put his key in the door. The light came on. I opened my door real quick. I jumped out with my head over the roof, and I yelled as loud as I could, Ole, I love you! <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to get into his apartment. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, for a, well, till last time I saw him, about two, three years, I guess. And he says, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." He says, uh, "I know, I know. You're the guy. You're the guy that loves me." <laughs> <laughs> but 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 nobody gets ribs on Oli, so that's yeah, yeah the classic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's awesome. He, he he's always on the watch. You know, he's pretty sharp guy, pretty smart. Oh, oh yeah. It's hard to pull a rib off, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> what about the boat named Sting? <laughs> your cabin cruiser. How did you get your cabin cruiser? Oh, cabin cruiser. What do you mean? Oh, you mean uh, Knoxville? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when you named the Sting. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were they, they wanted to do a uh, another tournament over car. They had done that before. Yeah. Cadillac, usually it was a Cadillac. Because yeah. I, uh, I wrestled in one of them. I think uh, 
what was his name? Nash. I can't remember names. Anyway, I suggested, I said, what about a cabin cruiser? And I said, I'll buy it. You know, hmm. and uh, the Fuller went, uh, you know, that's a good idea. Well, they went for it. And uh, so, yeah, I was going to pay for it. Yeah. And uh, well, they got the cabin cruiser that I wanted. I picked and everything. And uh, and that's when the, the split happened. <laughs> yeah. Happened like two or three weeks later, the tournament was on. And uh, anyway, I had the boat. I had the boat in my house. And yeah, Ronnie, Ron, Ronnie won the Battle Royal or the tournament for the... Um, that's what it was. Yeah, for the, yeah, for, for the boat, and so they 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 tried to take you to court, and what happened? Well, yeah, after yeah, <laughs> well they got the boat, they got the boat impounded. Sheriff Department came in and impounded it. Well, you know, I it was my boat. So. <laughs> he won it fair and square. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. He takes me to court, you know, and of course the judges kind of lost you know he don't know what the heck's going on you know yeah yeah and, uh, what the hell you know you, it's a tournament i beat the guy you know and i won the boat you know and that, that's, that's my story you know this is a court of law so there's a term uh shit i can't remember the, the way i won is uh what's the term that the lawyers used was there was a uh, something going on you know, that was not right. Yeah. Scam or whatever. I, I, they were there. Nefarious. Nefarious. And uh, so he threw it out. You know, he didn't want to be involved. He said the court should not be involved in this, uh, you know, scam or whatever. <laughs> but he, he, had, he, had, he had words for that. <laughs> so I came out of there, you know, and this uh, <laughs> Fuller had a girlfriend. She was with him. And right in front of the judge, she went, <laughs> She, she made a face at me. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, we we went to court like three or four times. Oh shit! <laughs> Jeez! But see, Fuller wasn't going to expose the business that it was a work and it was really his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's super cafe, man. That's oh yeah, super he sued me for the belt. That was, yeah. That's right. I had the belt. That was a Southern uh, champion there. Uh, whatever it was called. You threw yeah, it off the bridge. I belt, and he took me to court, and they said, uh, well, I beat the guy, you know. <laughs> Until somebody beats me, you know, it's going to be my belt. So again, you know, <laughs> the judge, you know, probably never watched wrestling anyway. And uh, what a, <laughs> so he says, uh, he says, I've got a solution. <laughs> he says, Mr. Fuller, he says, if you don't mind, he says, I think the solution is, he says, you should wrestle. Uh, you should wrestle for the belt. <laughs> what? Yes, what? And Fuller says, "Hell no." <laughs> he, he, he did. He said, "Hell no." He was pissed. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, my lawyer was laughing, man. That's we so funny. Four, four or five times. Oh, I got sued over defamation of her character. Yeah. And he sued me. It might have been Robert. He was yeah. one of the two. They yeah. sued me because I named her name. I went on TV and I said, their name is not Fuller. Right. Their name is, uh, what is it? Uh, the old Plan B, right? Huh? This is the Plan B tape that's been making the rounds here recently. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, uh, their name was not Fuller. I can't remember the name now. They was he a Welch? The Welch, yeah. 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 I had a, uh, we went on, t- what was it? We challenged them. That's what it was. I had a challenge. I'd give them, uh, I forgot what it was, $5,000. I says, you know, for a challenge, you know, Robert Fuller. And yeah. So, and I says, oh, I'm wasting my time here. I says, I says, uh, oh yeah. The, the thing was five thousand dollars, and he put up his jock strap. That's what it was. <laughs> put up your jock strap, and I said, ah hell, I'm wasting my time. He probably doesn't doesn't have a jock strap, or probably doesn't have anything in that jock strap. Something like yeah, that. yeah. So <laughs> uh, the whole thing was thrown out. <laughs> it was Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope-ass sponsors, and we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D. Support for Live and in Color with Wolfie D is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code WOLFIE at manscaped.com. If my math's correct, that's about 8 million balls. Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here, and if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're going to want to call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, BowieHomes.com. That's B-U-I-E Homes.com. Or you can email him at BenBowie34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. Hey, Ronnie, yeah. uh, I think something is interesting. Tell them about you beating Flair and your responsibilities with taking care of the belt. Oh, that was a pain in the butt, man. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds that like belt. it. When I, when I won that belt, the gold, Yeah, it was, it was pure gold. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I took it and got it appraised. Yeah. This is in 1987. Right. I was in Charlotte, and I was responsible for it. So I took it and got it appraised. And the guy yeah. told me it was $50,000. Oh, That gold bill. Wow. And uh, so I said, shit, man, I got to be careful, you know, because when you go to the ring, who you give it to, you know, you got to yeah. make sure it's the right person. And when I when I leave it in my in my room, I had to hide it. <laughs> oh, it, it was a nightmare. <laughs> flying, flying, and all that. I mean, I didn't like it. You know, I was yeah. glad when I when I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of responsibility. Oh. No kidding. Absolutely. No wonder Flair took it with him to WWF. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I think it was his belt originally, wasn't it? Flair? Yeah, was that his belt? Did he have that made up? I beat him for it, but the, the belt was made 
by uh, uh, what Ridge. was his name? He was from uh, Ridge Park. Reggie Parks. Oh no, no, the guy who lived there right in Charlotte. There, he was the Nelson Royal. Oh Nelson. yeah. Oh, okay, uh, gotcha. Those, yeah. Uh, Mooresville for rodeos. Yeah. You know they were made out of gold, gold, yeah. silver, and all that. Yeah. And, uh, he had a connection somewhere. I think it was out in Texas. So he's the one that Crockett put in charge of getting that belt made. Uh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. I live in Mooresville, actually, so that's the home of Nelson Royal. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I beat Flair for it. Yeah, you sure did. Yeah, we, we had a good one. You Flair, did. Flair, I love to work with him. You know, he, he never complained. He yeah. was bleeding. His chest was all split. <laughs> <laughs> he loved to bleed, didn't he? <laughs> oh, I was <laughs> I'd hit him, and then some blood would fly out. <laughs> <laughs> His skin in his chest. I don't know. I, I I never had that, and he hit me about as hard. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But Let I, me ask oh, you this, Ronnie. You you've been in the ring with so many great people, and and just talking about that match, and and you know people put flair over as being like the best ever and stuff like that. Do you do you agree with that? Do you think flair is the best ever? Well, I don't think so. I don't think no, but well. It all depends your definition. You know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, he can't be any more successful. He was at the top, uh, made a lot of money. Yeah. And, uh, but who's the best? There's so many. You right. Know, I, I, I could, Malenko was one of the best as far as it concerned. He was the only wrestler that could go in the ring, get beat every night, and have a riot on the way out. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Try, people try to kick his ass. <laughs> You know, and uh, I remember when I was in Knoxville, not to take anything away from the stomper, the stomper yeah. would get over, he drew money, you know, but he had to beat 15 guys. Right. You know? He had to beat right. them and uh, almost murder people. To, to, he got yeah. on him when he got over, he drew money. Malenko yeah. never beat anybody and got over better than uh, than the stomper was. Man. He had this, this snack, man, about how to have heat. And, and uh, I think his interviews were great. When he closed that eye, you know. And, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, I love the guy. He was, but there's so many. Greg, uh, Greg Valentine, you know. Yeah. It oh. was unbelievable. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I've heard great stories yeah. about him. Yeah. Greg and, and uh, you know, Horton, you know. I mean, the senior and junior and, and Randy. I yeah. Mean, those guys. <laughs> Speaking of the Garvin Stomp. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, <laughs> It works. Hey, yeah. hey, Ronnie, can you can you share the story about um, you wrestling Andre the Giant in a mixed tag, or um, to Andre and Roy Lee Welch against you? Oh yeah. man! Well, the, the thing started. Roy Lee Welch and Julia Duke were partners, and I think it was Bob Orton and I. We wrestled uh, tag team, and what I did is I supposedly broke uh, Roy Lee Welch's wrist him out of the ring, ran him into the post, and then I took his wrist, and I was banging it on on steel corner there, yeah. and uh, he wound up in a cast, and uh, he was he challenged me personally uh, to uh, a wrestling match where he has a partner, and he's going to stay on the apron, couldn't wrestle, yeah. so I suppose you pick anybody. I said, go get Godzilla, go get anybody. I don't <laughs> I was the one-man gang. Bro, yeah. You know, 
I was over as a one-man gang. Oh, you were before Crusher was, yeah. Oh, you yeah. Sure? Yeah. 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 And, uh, well, they'd send two, three guys in the ring, and I beat the shit out of them. <laughs> 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 then a couple of, couple of boys, the boys that were newcomers would sit at ringside, pretend to be fans. You know, they'd challenge the ring, I'd pile drive them, you know, leave bodies laying around. <laughs> like yeah, it was over. So, yeah. SWAT, when they announced that Roy D. Wells is going to have Andre the Giant was coming in, I didn't know, and supposedly. Yeah. <laughs> Andre the Giant is going to be wrestling Ronnie Garvin, Roy D. Wells in the corner. So I went nuts, you know. I said, man, I, I, shit, I can't do that, man. That's not fair. <laughs> yeah. Finally, I got pissed, man. I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll show you even better than that. I said, I'm going to accept this match under one condition only. That, it is built as a, a handicap match under the giant, Roy Welsh against Ronnie Garvin. So it was a handicap match. Usually, you wrestle against two guys. Yeah. <laughs> it was reverse. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but of course, Roy D. Wells can't wrestle because he's handicapped. He's got broken wrist, you know. And so that's how the match happened. Uh, yeah. And, and it did good. It I'm sure he did. Yeah. So that you know, that was good. I hit him over the head with chairs. I had him down on the on the ground, man, three or four different times. Stomped. I came across his neck with a knee drop off the top rope. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he never does. Yeah, Les Les Thatcher did a vignette well with that, you know, and it's gotcha. real, he's beating the shit out of Andre the Giant, you know, and flying his airplane and so forth. <laughs> did it take you all day to do the Garvin stomp on him? <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this: so, so obviously, Wolfie's probably tired of hearing this gentleman's name, but I come from a town called Lebanon, Virginia, and that is the home of Hoot Gibson. I need to uh-huh. hear some Hoot. Gibson stories, Mr. Garvin. Uh, Hoot's my brother. Almost. Yeah, you know, I, I know. Hoot's in 1978. Yeah. Yeah, what a guy. I still talk to him, call him, and go over How's he doing? He's doing okay. He's uh, he's going to be 81. Yeah. And he's, uh, he's got his own apartment, and uh, he's got somebody staying with him during the day, three days a week. And well, that's good. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, his help, but he's got a a bad back, like most wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he? Is he? So he's not down on the lake anymore. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah. No, he uh, he had to move from there because you know he was gotcha. living in, uh, in a in a trailer and couldn't get his propane gas in the winter and yeah, he, uh, yeah, couldn't function by himself. Yeah. Oh, and he fell. He's got that uh, disease that you, what what is it that you shake? Parkinson? Parkinson's. Parkinson's. Yeah. Oh, not, bad. not bad yet. Anyway, yeah. but he's got he got diagnosed with that. But gotcha. his spirit is pretty good. I called him and yeah. I always tell him I says, You still got that black eye? <laughs> it's a joke between him and I. Somebody one of the boys ran his head on on another guy's boot, holding it on the corner, you know? Yeah. In a tag mat. Yeah. I was his partner. Yeah. And when he turned around, man, his eye was puffed up like an apple. His <laughs> oh, whole <laughs> side of his face was black. Uh, my uncle actually went hunting with you all a, 
I think at least one time. His name was Jewel Stevens. He lived in, in there and he knew Hoot from the hardware store and he actually went uh-huh. hunting with you all a couple times and he would always tell me that he went hunting with two wrestlers and I was just like, okay, that's all I needed to know. You know, I need, I, <laughs> and then I find out it's you, Ronnie Garvin, and then of course we knew Hoot because he was the, the town hero. You know, it, it's, it's great, but I've been going down memory lane lately and I realized that at one time in the same week Weekend that Randy Savage, you, George, Crusher, so many guys wrestled in Cleveland, Virginia. And then in the next night, Ric Flair and Roddy Piper wrestled in Honeaker, Virginia. Literally the same county. Some of the greatest wrestlers of all time were in the county. And it just blows my mind to know that. I was so I was three years old, so couldn't drive to that one. But that uh, did you enjoy working Southwest Virginia? Well, that was uh, that was a run out of Knoxville. Right, exactly. But I I just meant the, oh, the area. Towns, the towns yes, were sir. Unreal. You know, we yeah. went into Kentucky. We went into uh, uh, what was that town? Pikeville. We just fell out some of those towns. You talk about good, good for res- uh, I mean, the best. Some of the best, best uh, uh, fans in the world. I yeah. Mean, I remember Somerset. Yeah, uh, Somerset, Kentucky. That's where I live. Yeah, Wolfie's home. <laughs> <laughs> My home uh, now. What was I'm not from here. Was real, remember that, George? What's that? The town in Kentucky. It was. It was dangerous there. Uh, Hazard. Hazard. Oh. Hazard. In Manchester and Harlan and all that. Harlan's yeah. real deal hollers right there. <laughs> when you when you come to Manchester on the interstates, it's welcome to uh, Manchester. And there's bullet holes and. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. yeah! Wow. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That was a good area for wrestling. Oh, yeah. 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 All right. I I got one question for both of you before we wrap it up. Ronnie Garvin and George, who, and I hate it when people ask me this because I've got a couple for different reasons, but your most memorable match, the one that means the most to you, can each one of you give us that? You you mean anywhere? Anywhere, anytime, what match stands out in your head the most in your career? What went the most to you? Or or the one you liked the most? (laughs) Uh, Just to pick one, huh? (laughs) No, it's a hard question. I hate when people ask me that. Well, you know, there's so many of them. Yeah. Uh, You know, the the match I had with Big Flair was, you know, they were good. Yeah. 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 Uh, I I think I had one in Knoxville one time, and that that, that was so funny. I with Malenko. Yeah. Uh-huh. I uh, I had a box. Well, it's a long story. It starts with uh, the real one man gang in in Knoxville was called Crusher Broomfield. Right. Uh, right. I gave him that name. Yeah. And. Uh, when he came in, and he was 19 years old, 19 or 20. Yeah, six foot nine and about 400 pounds. Massive, yeah. giant. Love yeah, that he was. Guy. Yeah, yeah, and you know, he 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 just never never had a problem in the high school or any kind of school. <laughs> yeah, people were afraid of him because of his size. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but actually, he was he was pretty helpless at first. <laughs> Later on, he, he learned. <laughs> pretty good yeah uh 
No, no, no. I, I think I got it's Crusher Blackwell that we made the box. Were you there, George? Yeah, yeah well, you, it was Crusher Blackwell out of um, Knoxville, and then you did. Uh, it was Crusher Broomfield you did in uh, Lexington with. Um, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. With Lots George of Crushers. <laughs> yeah. Well, in Knoxville, Tennessee, Bob Roof and Bob Orton, they had him almost like a slave. They had some story about their mortgage, his house, and uh, they were treating him like a slave. You know, and uh, the guy was 300 pounds. He was real agile. He could drop kick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he was a baby face. And me, I, my, my thing was, I felt sorry for him. You know, I tried to. So we wound up in a six man eventually. I forgot who the other guys were against uh, Rube Orton and, uh, and Blackwell. And when I got to the middle of the ring to wrestle Blackwell, you know, we, uh, I shook his hand and we did the patty cake, patty cake, you know, dance. Yeah, we hugged and we brought him into our corner, and Ruben Orton was going nuts. <laughs> you know, stole, <laughs> stole the because it, they put him in front of him. You know, because he was a big son of a gun. You know, yeah. he wasn't very tall, but he was. Anyway, we built up, built up till I, I. Oh yeah, and supposedly they got it through the court and all that. He had to go back with the Ruben Orton, and eventually I built a box. And it was a huge box made out of plywood. And uh, <laughs> I put CB, Crusher, Blackwell. But I just put CB on all four sides of that box. Yeah. And I brought it on TV. <laughs> anyway, they were going to seize uh, Crusher Blackwell because it was supposed to be their property or whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, there was nobody in the box. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> hey Jimmy, do you know who the McGuire twins were? Oh yes, yeah, massive oh, guys. Yeah, Ronnie would wrestle them. You know, they had to take the uh, bottom rope off for them to get in and roll right. in. Yeah. And then they couldn't get out. They just they'd hold. They stand in the corner. But one night it was pitiful. Ronnie beat the crap out of one, and I swear he was blue. He couldn't breathe. I said, well, Ronnie, you're going to kill the guy. <laughs> Absolutely killer. I would, I would have him on their back, and I'd jump with both feet in his stomach, and I would sink to my knees. <laughs> oh God! He tortured. I thought the guy was going to die. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> he tortured those guys. <laughs> I've heard some bad stories about those guys needing help in the bathroom. I don't want to talk too much about that, but you know, I do. I do want to ask one question, Ronnie. You dressed up as Miss Atlanta Lively. I, I love that. That was so funny when you were in the room and Rick came in thinking it was precious. And you know, a lot of people don't know. Well, I do because I'm from that area. But that you had done that with Boogie Woogie as well as a tag team partner with Boogie. That was such a great gimmick. I, I thought that was such a hilarious time. Yeah. Well, well, we played. It's almost like pulling a rib on on on. The- on Ric Flair, you know. Right, yeah. You know, he really liked, uh, uh, what was her name? Uh, Precious, yeah. Precious, Precious, yeah. oh yeah. And uh, so I came up with the idea of dress as a girl. Well, I went shopping and they went for it. You know, I forgot. <laughs> anyway, oh yeah, they loved it. And I said, uh, well, I went shopping for clothes. That was the part I had the best. I had a girlfriend at the time. 
and she did my makeup because I couldn't do any of that. Yeah, you know? of course. <laughs> she picked my clothes, uh, the shoes. I had to find a store with these big women, you know, with big feet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, this dress and everything. Well, bought all the stuff, and that evening we decided that we're going out clubbing. You know, her yeah. <laughs> as a woman. Oh, my God. We went to about three or four different bars, and we're dancing <laughs> together, and kissing. They thought we were two lesbians. <laughs> I, w- I, w- I was in one bar, and uh, some guy pinched my ass. <laughs> Turned around, and he was going the other way, uh, but I knew it was him. And then another guy made a comment. He says, "Look at the shoulders on this broad." <laughs> <laughs> oh, we had a blast, man. So that I had to take funny. the to the matches. Yeah, you know, to do my makeup and all that. Man, I, Those were the good old days with stories, like storylines like this. Oh, you no, know? No joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's when uh, we came up with the idea of the hotel with uh, with Flair and uh, who was the manager there? JJ uh, Dillon. Yeah. 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 First, I yeah. thought I pushed JJ Dillon into the into the water. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was great. It was like a movie, you know. You guys really did excellent stuff. It really was. And I remember, is it Rick? I think he like grabs you and he like starts feeling that it's not like a a woman. It's like a <laughs> he like one of the best. The very best is in the dressing room when I was dressed after she dressed me up. You know, yeah, I would go into the dressing room with the boys. Well, when we first started, about talked about doing the thing. You know, uh, I think uh, I think it was Dusty uh, Rhodes was in on it. Uh, he knew. Yeah. Was a Crockett. Anyway, there was only a handful of guys. But uh, what's his name? Uh, Samoan. What's the big guy? Haku. Huh? Haku. It's the other one. Uh, Barbarian. Yeah. Barbarian. Yeah. Barbarian is in the dressing room. We're doing the TV. Barbarian. <laughs> yeah, I'm standing there. And one of the boys, I forgot who it was, came to me and he says, Barbarian thinks you're a real woman. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I kept peeking, you know, once in a while. Look, he was staring at me, following me everywhere in the dressing room with his eyes, you know. He, everything I was doing. <laughs> he wasn't smart, was he? <laughs> and, uh, no, he wasn't smart. So I walked to him and as I walked by him, I touched his pants, you know, his pecker. And I said, hi, big boy. And I walked away. (laughs) 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 So I finally had to come to him right in his face because I figured if he jumps on me and wants to rape me. (laughs) It's going to be bad. (laughs) That's going to be bad. I said, oh, man, man, it's me, Ronnie. Oh, 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 brother, oh, brother, oh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I can't That's imagine forgotten. trying to fight the barbarian off of me. I can't oh, imagine shit, that. <laughs> <laughs> That's too much. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, I still want to finish, George. What's your favorite match? I I don't know. I just have to. I I like working in Japan, where the first time I had the opportunity to work with the um, the big crowds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was but a great experience for me. Like no particular person that you just like. Every time I'm going to go out there with this guy, we're going to kill it. 
Like Tiger Jeet or Jumbo or what, what, who are you talking? Like who you think? No, this uh, like Kenneroo and I had a lot of good matches with the um, the Tiger Mask guy. He wasn't the yeah. original one, but he he liked me because I could do his stuff for him. You know. Yeah. yeah, he yeah. loved doing the spots, Tiger Mask. That was that was fun with the big crowds. So, oh man, yeah. that was a thrill for me. You know, to be in a foreign country and do that. You know, that's yeah. kind of neat. You tag with Jason the Terrible a lot there too, right? That was uh, not much. He was a he was a goofball, <laughs> absolute goofball. <laughs> he did. I think they sent him home. I mean, he was a psycho idiot. <laughs> Brian Pillman hated his guts. Really? You know, he used to make fun of him. He's the kind of guy, if you got a boat, he's got a bigger one. You got a motorcycle, he's got a bigger oh, one. And he was yeah. Yeah. one of those guys. He was terrible. Gosh, I can't stand I don't even know what happened. I forgot about him. But he did not get over it. <laughs> you worked John Tinta there, future Earth. Yeah, I did. I had fun because, see, he wrestled at, at LSU. A heavyweight, yeah. and I wrestled at UT Chattanooga, so I'd get in the match, and you know, I said, "Hey, I never lost to a guy from LSU. <laughs> Were you going to tonight? You know, and, and we we just had a good time. Yeah, fun. yeah, he was a stud. Yeah, back back in the day. Yeah, he was definitely a stud. Earthquake, Man. yeah, yeah, Earthquake, yeah. yeah. He was he. <gasps> He liked because, you know, could speak English. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, yeah. of course. Yeah. And I remember he would always, he, his promos were like, it was almost like, hey, you know, it was, he had a very projecting voice. I feel like he didn't need yeah. to stand near the microphone very much on those promos. They're talking about the guy Earthquake, Ronnie. Earthquake, yeah. they came over. He was, his name is John Tenna. And he was a regular in Japan because he went over there and he trained as a sumo wrestler. Oh, really? yeah. yeah, it was a it was a pretty pretty successful in the young groups, but I think he got as far as he could go, and then yeah. Bob assigned him. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, well, he'd been in Japan a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he, he was a good guy. I worked with him. Yeah, you Canadian. worked with. He was a Canadian. Yeah, right? I think he was. Yeah, they, by, by the way, Canada. By the way, let me say this. That was the biggest shock of our lives when we found out you were Canadian, Ronnie, because your promos were very pro-American. And it was like, I'm going to, you know, this is for the good old USA. And then I remember finding out, I was like, he's Canadian? I thought, you know, because you could hear it in Pat Patterson's voice and you could hear it in a lot of other guys' voice, but it could never pick up a, a Canadian accent, especially Montreal. Oh, if you're around Ronnie long enough, you'll, you'll, you'll pick it up. <laughs> No, the whole time when people in the building, anywhere I went, people said, you got an accent. Yeah. Canada. Oh. You know, they, they always put me up north. Yeah. You know, they knew I was not from the south. Right. And I used to tell them, well, you're close, but, you know. Yeah. 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 Well, I didn't learn. Yeah. When I left Canada, man, I couldn't speak a word of English. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're doing good now. <laughs> and I barely make it now. <laughs> But I stayed in the South, but I went South and I, yeah. I was done with Canada. Yeah. Can, you know, and, and I want to ask this, and this is kind of an interesting question because I've never heard someone in your position. Ronnie, what do you think had Magnum not had that accident? What do you think would have happened to him? Well, he, uh, I think he probably would have been a wrestling rich player. Yeah. You know, I think that, that was the plan. I, I don't know. I, I, I heard it was, but. Yeah. So many things changed in the business, you know. Well, of course, of course. 
and they could change overnight. But do you think he would have gone on to great success? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, he was a pretty talented guy, you know. Yeah. He was, uh, he was over in, in Charlotte. He wasn't yeah. in Denver long either. Yeah. I think for a long time he held the world's record for paying the most money to get in the wrestling business. <laughs> really? Yeah, his parents mortgaged their house to get $25,000 to pay uh, Buzz Sawyer. Are you serious? Oh, my God. Yes. But, wow. but I, I used to tell Magnum, you're lucky you got your money back. Oh, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. He taught, yeah, he he told him not to talk to anybody, that he was going to take care of him and get him in the business. Put a mortgage on their house, paid him 25000 oh, Unbelievable. Oh, God. Well, I didn't know that. Because I, I know Buzz got Undertaker. I, I think Buzz took Undertaker. Did he? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that's. Yeah, he got his money back, too. Yeah. Was, a lot of people don't. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, <laughs> oh, that is wild. Never heard that one, George. Thank you. Always. A- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <For> sure. <laughs> well, George is always going. Wrestling school. It didn't last but about three weeks. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I had this lady came up, and uh, she had a son that was about forty-five years old, and he was about uh, five foot two, weighed about one hundred and thirty-seven pounds, maybe. Oh, yeah. Lord. And she wanted to give me money, and I said, "Ma'am." And uh, I had another one that came up later, but four or five days, a week later. And I said, nah, I, I just closed it up. Plus, I had two or three guys already in school, and uh, they didn't want to work out. They didn't want to do squats. They didn't want to do push-ups. They didn't want to, you know. And uh, I have no patience with people like that. Right. I said, the lady, I said, man, I don't want to take your money. You know, there's no way your, your, your son's going to make any right. money. You pay this. In, in, in the whole entire world, there's no way. You know, yeah. Well, we're about to start wrestling, and I said, he's not big enough, he's not tall enough. Oh, but that one, she just wanted him to have one match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm my. Not be that. I'm not taking your money. Right, right. That's very honorable. What What did you think of Buzz Sawyer, Ronnie? What were your thoughts of Buzz? I think Buzz was his own worst enemy. Yeah. I, I worked <laughs> with him. With him. He said to me, he says, sir, I bet you never get tired. <laughs> he blew up. He, I blew him up. Yeah. You know the yeah. way he moved fast all the time? Yeah. So I kept it going. <laughs> yeah. He, he pushed him past his oh, limit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he had a hell of a future. What do you think about Tommy Rich, Ronnie? Tommy Rich? Yeah. Oh, super nice guy. Yeah, perfect yeah. face. Yeah. That's a perfect voice. You know, yeah. kind of a... And, uh, He was uh he was my first uh like real angle uh like with a real wrestler you know what I mean? uh in Memphis and uh, me and Jamie worked him and, and uh Doug Gilbert and it was, it was really good stuff. And uh Tommy taught me a lot, man. I got some funny stories with Tommy. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> <laughs> I always like Tommy. <laughs> yeah. He used to go there. we used to go up north when I worked in Atlanta in the eighties, early eighties, when we go to Ohio and Michigan, and you know, he always traveled with me. 
I was the only one with their driver's license. They all lost their driver's license. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. So the office would pay for the car. We'd rent a car, and we were up there a week, a week in Georgia, and a week, you know, we alternated. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he was he was growing some houses, too. No joke. Alice. Yeah. Georgia back then. We, we'd come back home and wrestle in the Omni. Yeah, uh, that, that was hard on on some of the guys, but the guys that were married, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw that you, you know, and I really didn't remember this, sadly, but I saw that you actually were managed, and I know George's opinion on this guy, but I saw that you were managed by Gary Hart for a few months before you actually left Crockett and went to AWA in Puerto Rico. Can you tell me a little bit about working with, with Gary? It never happened. Oh, it never, it never happened. happened. We were supposed to. Oh, okay. That's what I left. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, you can't yeah, believe it. That's the thing about that. That's the night I knocked out uh, Dusty Rhodes in uh, Baltimore. Yes. Yes. And I was okay. over like a god up there. Yes, you were. The people, yeah. the people cheered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was getting over, and just I know, I know Dusty. Dusty yeah. was a good guy up till he became a booker. Yeah. Probably still a good guy. But it was it was for Dusty, right, right. Uh, he had the book, he had the power, and you couldn't get ahead of him uh, because uh, I saw that with the Rock and Roll Express. After the Rock and Roll Express, he booked them in some little town somewhere, and they would outdo the town that Dusty Rhodes was in. Plays on there. Yeah. And he he couldn't stand that the Rock and Roll Express was getting over better than was than he was. Right. I watch right. that crap, man. I, I don't talk much usually, but I but I watch. And I said, so he put himself in a six-man tag, him and the Rock and Roll Express against three other guys. Yeah. And so when I was starting to get over, and he wanted me to knock it, knock him out, he was going to turn me heel. Mm. I said to myself, huh? Well, <laughs> he uh, he he laid there when I knocked him out. But it was supposed to be uh, Gary Hart to give me the money. Gotcha. The okay. 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 That makes like sense. A, it was like a put a hit on. Yeah. Yeah. You understand? I do. Yes, sir. That makes that total sense. sense. All right. Thank you so much, George. Thank you so much, Ronnie. We really appreciate you guys coming on. This was, like I said earlier, an honor. Thank you so much. Nice talking to you guys. Thank you for coming on here, man. Man, I'm honored. Thank you. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you, George. All righty. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Really appreciate you making this happen, man. Really, really means a lot to us. Thank you, guys. Hey, Jimmy. What are we coming up next? I'm I'm cringing right now. You know. You know. Oh, no. Ask Wolfie anything. Oh. Yeah. You love these. We'll be right back. Okay. DJ, hit that music. All right.
right, we are back with Ask Wolfie D Anything, and you groaned as it happened, but, you know, once again, <laughs> we just got to thank George and Ronnie. Ronnie and George, it sounds like an old Southern rock band or something, you know? <laughs> Ronnie and George. Ronnie and George. But, <laughs> yeah, those guys were amazing. Thank them so much for coming on. Fulfilled an absolute, absolute dream of mine of having Ronnie Govern on a podcast. So, anyway... That was awesome. Those guys are super cool, right? I mean, come on, Wolf. You know that. That was awesome. Yeah. So my first question for you is, this one is from Chance Richardson on the old Facebook. And it's a good question because I love it when they make you think. So the two biggest qualities that an aspiring pro wrestler should have to succeed. Mm. You're going to have to have... uh, I guess it would be called ambition because you're going to have to chase this shit and, you know, you're going to have to roll the dice. Yeah. Especially if you're a young kid and you ain't got nothing to fall back on like I was. You're yeah. rolling the dice. You're rolling yeah. the dice. Especially now there's so many wrestlers and stuff. And, you know, it's it's not easy. I guess the thing is to go viral now, light somebody on fire. and <laughs> Seriously. And, yeah. And so, yeah, that and, uh, man, you just got to... Uh, you gotta love it, man. And come up with something original. That would okay. be my answer. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, some people may say size and athleticism, but if you don't have aspiration, I mean, that's kind of a gimme, though. Right. Right. You gotta be should, athletic to do this. Yeah. Uh, except if you're Sandman, but uh, <laughs> and I just saw my loving, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so I like that. So what you're saying is you need to already be there with some athleticism already. Counting yeah. that in, add the ambition, add the drive, and and yeah, I mean that makes total come sense. Up, oh. come up with something original. Right. Come up with something original. I love it. So that's it, man. Chance, thank you for the question. So we've got another one here from Facebook, and this is you our own list. How was it? Huh? No, no, no. There's more. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry, you're not off the clock yet, Mr. Wolf. All right, so (laughs) this one is listener on Facebook, Freshie Johnson. Freshie's been sending us a lot of great questions lately. Definitely enjoy this one. So as a performer, do you like how crowds aren't really like gritty anymore? Or do you prefer the crowds when they're just literally going crazy, almost like a, a punk rock or heavy metal crowd? I just wonder what he means when they say gritty. Um, I think, like, you know, would cuss at you, throw something. Fuck yeah, for those people. Absolutely. Because when this question got going, I was like, okay, when he said gritty, I was like, uh, they still believe it and, you know, that kind of thing. And then the other one would be like your now cool indie uh, crowd that. They want to clap for you when you do something, you know, incredible or whatever. I don't like that as much, man. I, yeah. I want you to play along. You know what I'm saying? Right. Along. Right. You're not part of the match. You're part of the show. You're you're right. you're, you're you're in the crowd for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. I'm a heel, and I want you to be mad at me. Yeah. One of the funniest <laughs> things I've heard someone say was that guy should still be buying tickets. Is yeah. is somebody said that about a guy that was wrestling, and I thought that was the funniest thing ever. Yeah. Or, or he should have never crossed the, the barrier or whatever. But yeah. 
Yeah. And a lot of those. Yeah, there is a lot of those. Well, thank you, Freshie. I think that answer, that was a simple question, but I, I liked it, so I wanted to ask it. This yeah. next one, actually, listener Ben Martin from Facebook. Ben and I have been chatting back and forth, and he's actually got some interesting topics that we don't have the time nor the energy to get into right now. But Ben came up with a good one that I really want to ask you because it's hilarious. He's been watching the Armstrong Alley, and he's watching the entire year of 96 right now. And so he says, the scene with you and Jamie on the desk at Channel 5 as the cyberpunks, Mm -hmm. he says, how'd you get up there in the dark with masks on? Especially, (laughs) this is after hearing Jamie's freak out with the, you know, mask on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think uh, the first one was, uh, I think they screwed it up a little bit, but we were hiding behind the curtain back there. Lights went out, and then we jumped up on the thing. Or I, I was thinking it was just me at first, but anyway, okay. whatever the case may be. I remember hiding behind the curtain and jumping out there, but I thought they uh, put the lights on too quick, so you kind of caught me jumping up there. Yeah. If that, that, that's how I recall it. I don't know. It could be a little different, but yeah, that's how that happened. <laughs> well, there's just a, you know, the, the image that I see is Dave Brown kind of standing in front and he's looking back and there you and Jamie are standing in that kind of classic pose yeah, on yeah. the desk. And I guess just, you just jumped up on there. Is that essentially how you got up there in the dark? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jumped up there. Probably wasn't that dark. I'm sure there was some sort was, of stage. Yeah, exactly. In the studio, it wasn't that dark. It was dark enough to where the people really couldn't see it, but we could see right. it. You had stage lighting a little bit that kind of helped you. Yeah, that makes sense. But anyway, did Jamie, was he cool with the mask back then? Is This is just a new revelation. Yeah, just part of his new, I guess. I don't know. His new persona. Everything <laughs> freaks him out. <laughs> Crowds. <laughs> Car trips, conventions. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, well, anyway. Well, hey, you know, I wanted to take it easy on you today. That is all we've got for Ask Wolfie D Anything. You know, this is a great show. I think... You know, I just, I'm still kind of pinching myself that we literally just had George Weingroff and Ronnie Garvin on the show. So, anyway. <laughs> Pretty thank awesome, you. man. Pretty awesome. It was, for sure. All right. Well, take us out, brother D. Well. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm going to say. Tune in next week, man. We love y'all to death. And uh, thank you for listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D and Jimmy across the screen. And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Sheik, Jared, are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise, this team does it all, and all they ask is, Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling! Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Join me, Gene Jackson, for the Jackson Interaction Podcast, where I'll be doing one-on-one interviews with people from the world of professional wrestling, as well as stand-up comedy. You can get them anywhere podcasts are available in both video and audio form, but you can find them all at GeneJacksonPod.com.
That's right, it's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, Booty Call and Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah! So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Warren Wolf, W-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate First of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more, is the people that are listening. And we really appreciate that. Yeah, and remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon. And our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cap for you don't. He got a cap for you don't. I got a cap for you don't. He got a cap for you don't. And here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hating, cause you're spitting the truth. Still loving it, color. Don't rush your mother. Utilize a hubcap. I'm like any other. Back in the day, I was NOD, and I was P to the G plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times. Tired of suckers taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping wrestling's first white boy coming out hip hop. Been doing it like this since 92. Late low for a while when you thought I was through. Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected. This shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected. Mad skills, no faking, there is no one great. Cause I'm bringing more folks and over one for later. Not here to play games, so you better beware. You don't like me, so what? I really don't care. Like time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped. You suck a step to the side unless you want to get dropped. When I finish, I'll straight knock you out. Please allow me to tell you what it's all about. Gonna wind it up. And I'm driving it home, it's Wolfie D, baby. Huh, I got a cap for your dome. I got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. This has been a James Rock Street production.